KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Right now, Jacksonville Jags co-owner and, as we dubbed him a long time ago, AEW Empresario, it is Tony Khan. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Now, I know we got a lot of stuff to get to about AEW, including a really cool match that y'all are going to have tomorrow night on Dynamite. But first, gotta know, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. What goes through your mind when you're watching the game? Are you thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to happen for the Jags? No, actually, uh, I wasn't thinking that. Uh, we had Chad Henney here for many years, and I knew, know Chad really well personally, and we've also spent a lot of time you know, scouting and self-scouting. So I, I was starting to think about how the game would be different if Chad did play and uh, how that would affect the game. But obviously, uh, you know, Patrick did come back in the second half. So as a big uh, Jaguars fan, I'm really hoping next year we see you guys in the AFC championship game. He's not kidding either. He's a humongous Jags (laughs) fan. Love Trevor Lawrence. Is What do you feel like maybe, not a player per se, but what is maybe that one thing or another thing that can take you over the top and, and get into a championship game next year? Well, we had a great group. I think the team came together and, did everything this year to really earn their place in the divisional playoff to win the AFC South championship. The team's come so far. I think a lot of exciting things to look forward to, uh, you know, a big free agency, really excited about the draft and uh, looking forward to eventually when Calvin Ridley's coming in. So a lot of things to look forward to, I think for the Jaguars, but I'm really proud of the players and the coaches and everybody who works at the team and, especially the Jaguars fans uh, that have stood by the team and really deserve this. So just like you, uh, you know, I think everybody should be happy with how the team did this year. They, they had a great season. What do you think, what do you think was uh, Doug Peterson's best attribute to this team compared to what they were the year before? That's a great question. Doug brought so much to the team. It would be hard to narrow it down to one attribute. I think uh, leadership is, a great word, but it's also in some ways a vague word as opposed to describing all the very specific things Doug brought to the team. I think leadership, if I had to put it in one word, but there's so many things that that entails. Uh, Doug's play calling is excellent. Doug's mentorship of various players, not just on the offense where he's incredibly hands-on, but across the team. Uh, He's a great football mind and he's a great presence and a great person. I really love Doug, and I love working with him. Now and you, he's changed the team. Sorry, sorry about that. You are probably already well aware of this, but in case you weren't, did you know that the Jags were the first team in the Super Bowl era to win a postseason game the year after having the worst record in the league? No, I didn't know that, actually. I hadn't seen that stat. That's uh, not, not surprising, but it is a good summary of, I think, what a major turnaround uh, that Doug and all the coaches and the players we're able to pull off. Uh, my last question on the Jaguars, uh, Tony Khan, is at the end of the game, Trevor Lawrence goes up to the tunnel yeah. and makes sure that he stops and he gives everybody kind of a five or a hug and just telling them how much he appreciates them being on his team and, and being a teammate. How much does that mean to you that it looks like you have drafted not only a super talented player, but a guy that looks like he's going to be able to lead a team to a championship? He's the man. Trevor's the man, and there was no question of that 
from the day he arrived here. That's the kind of leadership he's shown behind the scenes. And every time he goes out and represents the Jaguars organization, we have a great starting quarterback. Very fortunate to have Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Uh, But there was never really any question in our minds. I mean, it felt like we had truly, uh, you know, won the lottery when he he came in. I mean, he's one in a million, and we're very fortunate to have him. Now, as as exciting as things had been on the football front, though I I, obviously I understand y'all lost this weekend after a heck of a season, I I was wondering if you could kind of walk us through what the last week has been like for you on the wrestling front because while so many things in AEW are going so well, we got the horrible, horrible news about Jay Briscoe passing away in the car accident and his daughters having to go to the emergency room and being in the hospital and just how how do you even start to deal with something like that? It's been one of the hardest things we've ever had to deal with and it's really been, I think, uh, just the all-encompassing thing that has uh, certainly been at the forefront of my mind and I think all of our minds for the last week. Uh, Jay Briscoe, I, I've gotten to know him personally a lot in the last year. I think everybody in pro wrestling who knows him has a high opinion of him. He was beloved in the locker room and beloved by the fans. Uh, this year, since I'd bought Ring of Honor and started running that promotion. Gabe Briscoe and his brother Mark had been the featured stars of the company. They are original Ring of Honor, homegrown stars. They are Hall of Famers. They are in the inaugural class of Ring of Honor Hall of Famers that had actually been elected before I took over the company. But since I took over, I'd really tried to feature them. I, I, I thought they were going to be uh, the top tag team for the company for a long time to come. And uh, on a personal level, it's one of the saddest stories uh, I can ever recall. And I have to say that uh, I just have so many good things to say about Jay Briscoe. And tomorrow night on Dynamite, uh, it would be Jay Briscoe's 39th birthday. And so it was requested by both of these men by his longtime friend and his great rival, Jay Lethal, and by Jay's brother, Mark Briscoe, that they would come together tomorrow to celebrate Jay Briscoe's 39th birthday by having a one-on-one match fighting in his honor uh, to celebrate the life and legacy of Jay Briscoe tomorrow night on AEW Dynamite on TBS. And it's going to be a great match, and I'm really excited for the two of them to go out there and have this platform uh, to show the world how much we all love Jay Briscoe. And that gets started 7 p.m. Wednesday for most of our good listeners. Now, obviously, the Briscoes and Lethal, that is a very well-known rivalry. What do you imagine or can you even imagine from the fans, from the other wrestlers, for Lethal and Briscoe themselves, what the emotions will be like for a match like that? Well, I think there'll be uh, people all over the world interested in the match. And most importantly, I think there's going to be a lot of people that want to see the match and want to see what kind of a tribute it is to the great life and legacy of Jay Briscoe, who was uh, such a great pro wrestler, but also a great person, really beloved in the locker room and somebody I really enjoyed working with, somebody that 
has a great family and I, everybody in AEW, I, we're all going to do everything we can to support Jay's family, Mark and Jay's kids and everybody in that family. Uh, they're great people and they lost a, a great man. How, with that in mind, how, how nice has it been to see other companies like WWE allow their wrestlers to go out there and do their own, like, little tributes to Jay since they all kind of worked together for quite a while? Yeah, I think it's been very nice uh, whenever uh, the wrestling community can come together uh, to support the loss of one of our own. I think it's uh, the right thing, and so it's only natural. And speaking of the right thing, did I also see it looked like Ring of Honor had a Jay Briscoe tribute T-shirt with all of the proceeds going to his family as well? Do I do I have that correct? That is correct. That is correct. There's a Reach for the Sky T-shirt, uh, as the Briscoes would say, Reach for the Sky, and uh, that shirt is out there now, and 100% of the proceeds being donated to his family, and uh, that is... Uh, only the beginning i think we'll do everything we can for that family but frankly they're they're an amazing group of people and uh the way they've persevered and and you know i think everybody's rallied around gay's two young daughters and and seeing their health improved i think it's really shows what a great community professional wrestling is and why we all love it so much and why we all are going to do this for life and the last thing I got for you is we talk about Dynamite tomorrow, 7 p.m. Central is leading into the pay-per-view. I know there are still some hurdles, but it's looking like Iron Man match March 5th at Revolution. Are you a fan of the Iron Man match? I am a fan of these marathon matches, although it's far from a certainty sure. that's going to happen. I think uh, we'll see what happens. You know, on Dynamite tomorrow, Brian Danielson taking on the machine, Brian Cage. And after some tough competition that Danielson's already been through these past few weeks, uh, wrestling every week on Dynamite, I have to say this could be the toughest test yet. Brian Cage, speaking of Ring of Honor, is Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Champion, uh, former FTW champion, and one of the strongest men in all of professional wrestling. So... The Battle of the Bryans, Brian Danielson versus Brian Cage. I'm very excited for it, and uh, there's a, t- a very tough test standing in Danielson's way ahead of that potential Ironman match at Revolution on pay-per-view March 5th in San Francisco. We have actually had Brian Cage in studio, and that dude is built awesome. like a freaking yeah. tank. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is a monster. <laughs> he, he really, really is. Well, we appreciate every time you get the opportunity to come on, and hopefully we'll have even ha- we'll have happier circumstances to discuss more in depth. Congratulations on the Jag success tomorrow night, Dynamite special tribute match. In addition to the regular show, which is usually a banger. Appreciate it very much, sir. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. See you tomorrow night on CBS at seven o'clock. Yes, sir. There you go. Tony go Jags, Khan. go. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Khan, right here on one hundred five through the fan. And Mike, I, I we didn't really get the chance to talk about it, but just real quick is the I think we might have thrown it in one of our segments last week. The wrestler who died, Jay Briscoe, he was thirty eight. They were going. They were on a two lane road, and the car on the other lane 
just swerved into their lane and hit their van head on. He died. The driver of the other car died. And his two daughters, which were in the car, went to the ICU and still kind of hoping, but just a devastating, devastating situation. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we move into the lunch rush and the expressway. We've got Mike Likes It, but also, do the Cowboys need an overhaul or just tinker a little bit? 877-881-1053. You want to text in? We'll do it next right here on the fan. He is under center, and he's going to fake it to Elliott and step up and go deep. Oh, he's got Lamb down the left side. He got pushed, and he reached up and caught the ball at the 45-yard line of San Francisco. KNC Masterpiece, they they lost, Mike. Finally! Right here on 105.3 The Fan as we jump into the launch rush. Do the Cowboys need an overhaul or just a tinker? 877-881-1053. Real quick, though, going back to our last segment, somebody texted in. Shout out to my brother, Jared. He passed away recently in the same tragic way that Jay Briscoe did. So very, very sorry for your loss. And hopefully people get their crap together when they're out there driving. I do get nervous a little bit at nighttime when I'm going to my in-laws. They live in the Glen Rose area. Okay, So when you're kind of going down, I believe that's 67, kind of once you get past Alvarado and stuff like that, and, and you're in Cleburne area and stuff like that. There's a lot of highway there that's two lanes or sometimes down to one lane where there's nothing dividing you except for yellow lines. And yeah. so that that can get nervous. Dude, yeah, yeah people fly on, on that specifically coming down when we come back from Spring Branch. That's the route we take. Yeah. There are people flying past me. It's terrifying sometimes. Quick question about that. Do you feel like most drivers trust themselves? They just don't trust other drivers? Is that like a fair characterization of maybe how – some of these accidents happen. They're like, I know what I'm doing, but these other yeah. people Yeah, I mean, that goes back to what I told you one time my grandmother told me that when she was driving. She took a turn, and I was like, Grandma, they almost hit you. And she was like, I'm not, I'm not worried about them. They need to worry about me. And I was like, okay. oh, my, okay. Yeah. And I was like, did you have the right of way in that moment? And, I'm, you know, there were <laughs> lots like, of thoughts. I don't care. Yeah. I don't but care. But I don't trust anybody to drive a lot of times, Kevin. Okay. All right. 877-881-1053. You brought this up yesterday, Corey, and we decided that we could hit it today. Do the Cowboys need an overhaul or just a tinker? I, I already see... It looks like it's going to go to the complete overhaul category. What 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 categorizes an overhaul? And and, and what cuz this was kind of where do you think the whole thing needs it? Do you think that just one section offense, defense, what needs the overhaul or is it just, you know, what we need to add a couple players here, maybe a, a, a positional coach here or there. So, there are lots of different levels to go with this. Yeah, I think personally <laughs> If you told me you wanted to go scorched earth and you've decided Dak isn't the guy in some way, somehow you're going to burn it all to the ground and rebuild and take your lumps for a couple of years. I am certainly willing to listen to that strategy, but the Joneses have let us know that is not their preferred strategy. And you did just come off of back to back 12 and five seasons. I'm inclined to say tinker. I'm with you. And I think a lot of Tolos would be like, whoa, Mike, I thought you'd say overhaul. And here's the deal. The Cowboys are a winning franchise right now, and I think that they have a good chance to win 10 or more games next year. 
That being said, I need them to bring back quite a few guys that they have. But if there's any type of overhaul, and this might sound a little bit weird, I think they might need to overhaul the running back situation. Yes. I'm not sure about Tony Pollard and how he's going to come back. Zeke is done. Zeke's a 5-10 to 10 yard, sorry, 5-10 to 10 carry guy a game. Like we, He proved in the second half, you give him the ball as the main guy he and you're going it, nowhere. Yeah. It's Eddie George when he came to the Dallas Cowboys. That's about, he's better than that. But that's about where we're at, the we way Eddie up, George was a Dallas Cowboy. You're right. We brought up yesterday, he was 10th in the league in most carries, 22nd in most yards, and 42nd in yards per carry. Ugh. Like, that's so, not the progression that you want. This is just a tinker. I I, I don't know the Doug Nussmeyer. I don't know him at all. He might be a great guy. He might be a pretty good coach. But I have to, my tinker is, I have to figure out how to get Dak to stop throwing the ball to the other team and maybe my tinker is you're back to a rookie quarterback. I love you, Dak. I think you're going to be really good. Like I'm being a Cowboys coach here, but we're going to take a little bit of the responsibility out of your hands. We're going to turn you into the way to not turn the ball over is to give you the most conservative passes and plays yeah. I can possibly give you. I don't want contested balls from you. And the other thing too is I know a lot of people are like it's the wide receivers. This is my opinion. I don't think if you go out and get another good wide receiver, it's going to improve Dak that much. He had Amari Cooper. He had C.D. Lamb. He had those guys in last year's playoffs, and he put up seven points until Jimmy Garoppolo self-destructed to give him a chance to come back. I think he would be better with another wide receiver. That Michael Gallup, if if Michael Gallup went back to the third wide receiver and you found somebody to be a true number two receiver, yes, would Dak be a little bit better? But I don't think that solves your issues because Dak isn't a great passing quarterback. Can I ask you a question about one of those players in particular? Do you think Michael Gallup will naturally or hopefully be better next year, more than a full year removed from the injury? I hope so, but I can't remember who said this on the fan, uh, but somebody when I was toloing yesterday is that you are – it might have been Bobby Belt that you are 20 weeks into this season. Yeah. How did that never get better? Yeah. So I think that's the concern is this who Michael Gallup is. Okay. Uh, there are numbers to suggest before he got hurt that he struggles at times to maybe sure. create separation. He struggles at times to catch contested balls. So maybe Michael Gallup, unfortunately, you paid him as a number two, but he truly is in the NFL somewhere between the 65th and 100th best receiver, which isn't bad. That makes you a third wide receiver, which makes you a starter in the NFL. So, but you got to find somebody who you believe is somewhere between the 30th and 60th best receiver in the game. And we know it won't be through free agency. It has to be, you get lucky in the draft. And I say lucky, but... Jalen Tolbert's probably not the answer, so you're going to have to redraft that position and figure out, can we draft, I don't know, C.D. Lamb was a first-round pick. In the first or second or third round, can you get a guy that becomes better than Michael Gallup pretty quickly? The the, the amazing thing about C.D. Lamb this year is that he showed he can continue to be anywhere on the field lined up and be the mismatch. he, He did grow into that role, so Mike, for me... I do want somebody that I can line up at one spot and they're going to win. And I don't know that Michael Gallup did that. T.Y. Hilton didn't do that. No Brown didn't do that. They, I mean, I know they don't line up all over the place, but I kind of want that one guy that I'm like, all right, I know I got CD in a mismatch right now, but if they switch and roll double coverage on him, I got somebody opposite him that's going to do that. So maybe not receiver. I need a playmaker. 
I, and Tony Pollard was that. Tony Pollard was your playmaker. Take Tony Pollard off the field, Cowboys aren't as good as they typically are. And that was, I mean, that just showed throughout this season. I don't know that it's him specifically, but you need, and maybe tight end is a different playmaker spot, but I feel like looking at tight end right now, they're pretty comfortable with what they have going with Hendershot and all the other options there. So I do need a somebody opposite CeeDee Lamb, whether it's a running back that can be the guy or whether it's another receiver that is a playmaker. That's why Odell was so appealing at the time is because when I watch him play, he can be anywhere on the field also. And you line those two up on the same side. Now you've created a monster mismatch. Put them on opposite sides. You got mismatches. So I agree with Mike. You do need to find a another option for him other than CeeDee Lamb. Uh, but I just don't know where that is right now. And so, Kevin, for me, do you want to ask a question about that specifically? I do. Before we go to anything yeah, go else, ahead, man. is in your mind, you get to negotiate or not negotiate with Tony Pollard. Like, what would be your strategy? Is you're like, well, what do you want? I mean, or are you just like, nah, I'm not in the game of paying running backs on the second contract. Yeah, I'm probably at that point where okay. I got to find a place to to skimp. Is that the right word? Sure. Uh, I got to find a place to be Kevin yes. uh, and frugal. <laughs> and so yeah, I, I love fair. Tony Pollard. My problem is sitting and waiting half of a season for maybe him to be completely healed from the fracture. I don't know how long it's going to take or if he's even the same player. I would rather find a guy maybe in the draft that I can say I can utilize that piece. Maybe the hope is, I don't know, but after six months would be the end of June, right? January, February, March, April, May, June. That on July 1st, you would have a complete and totally healthy Tony Pollard. But that is a little bit scary. Look, it didn't matter with Dak Prescott. It didn't matter with Michael Gallup. It didn't matter with Tank Lawrence. It's a blue star special. Being hurt does not give you a discount at all with the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. They're going to ask for probably five for 75. There's no The Cowboys are probably going to go three for 30. And then they're going to be really close to five for 75 is my guess is that's the way it always goes with the Cowboys. I that is I the biggest you, flaw with the Cowboys, by the way. Yeah. Just in my opinion. Yeah. I know not everyone's with me on that. I if it's daddy fighting with son on that. Is like That's the reason it always ends up being bad, is that Steven and Jerry I don't have know. different yeah. philosophies on the situation. And I, I don't know. I honestly have no clue how it works out, That how the player always ultimately gets exactly what he was asking for uh, in the end from the Dallas Cowboys. But I don't want to overhaul. They're, this team... This team is close to good enough. The hope is, which this is the scary part is, the hope is is that Dak becomes better because he can solve some of your issues. And that's the thing as a Cowboy fan is, to me, the major hope is he's the guy that can take you to another level because I don't know who else can. Okay, so then would maybe my potential overhaul be something that could accommodate you? That is your offensive coordinator, your offensive coaching approach. We're still stuck in some of the Jason Garrett mode with Kellen Moore. I've, I that's can not, see that. That's not a fake like like take on this. Some of his go-to plays are things that came from the Jason Garrett era. And look at their third down plays are like run to the sticks and turn around. We have seen that <laughs> yeah. for years. Yeah. Hey, four guys run to the sticks and turn around. Right. Nobody knew that was coming. God, we got him with that one. 
So, like, I I understand some of the route concepts are just poor. That's that's where I don't love it, and that's when I say some of the nuances of getting guys open, some of the nuances of even playing the quarterback position. I still think Kellen Moore has a lot to learn, and we got we moved on from the Jason Garrett era. So why did we keep one of the Jason Garrett guys? Because we thought he could grow into something. Well, this two years in a row now, and your offense didn't produce in the playoffs. That's so. Scary. So I'm going to say, and maybe they were holding on to him for potential head coaching future because they love to find the diamond in the rough that and he's cheap. exactly what I think. Like, so those those could be some def, def, definite options there. But Mike McCarthy is a good, a good offensive mind. And he let, he let Kellen Moore, for the most part, run the offense. Yeah. He should know other guys that he, like with offenses that he likes and wants to run. I would, if I'm going to overhaul something, I'm going to overhaul it there. Running back. And that, and whoever my second receiver is going to be. I do hope I'm wrong on Kellen Moore because I think he's a pretty good to good offensive coordinator. I don't think he's in the category of Shanahan or um, I'm drawing a blank. The Rams head coach Sean McVay. Yeah, like I think there's guys that are better, uh, but I do think he's pretty good. But I hope I'm wrong because this is the only. If you keep him. We know what Dak is. Yeah. Dak under Kellen Moore is not going to change. He's yep. going to throw some interceptions. He's going to struggle at times where you're like, God, are you even a top 15 quarterback? That's where we went to the CBS power rankings, and he would fluctuate so much. At times, he'd be the sixth best quarterback, and then two weeks later, he'd be the 14th best quarterback because they would struggle with how he would play consistently to be like, who is this guy? Washington, Tampa Bay, San Francisco. Washington looks like the worst. San Francisco looks pretty damn bad. Tampa Bay looks like the best damn quarterback in the playoffs. Yeah. It is wild. And so this is where I hope I'm wrong. If you bring in another offensive coordinator, because I hate doing this, but if you bring in another offensive coordinator, you'll find out about Dak more. I don't think the, the Joneses will care to ever release him or move on from him. But you'll either find out Kellen Moore was getting the most out of Dak. This is who he is, and he can be no better. It doesn't matter if you bring in Shanahan or if you bring in Mavey, which they're not available. But if you were to bring them in and Dak once again struggles with turnovers, struggles with reading defenses, uh, makes the wrong decisions at the wrong time, and he does make some great decisions at great times, and that's why it's so confusing because at times you're like, is he a top five quarterback? And then at times you're like, I don't even know if he's a top 15 quarterback. And that's what's confusing about him. But maybe that new offensive coordinator could get more out of him than what Kellen Moore got so far. But if he doesn't, then we know it wasn't Kellen Moore's fault. It's actually Dak's limitations that we cannot overcome. So, and Kevin, you agreed with me on their their idea of not moving on from Moore because they wanted to keep him just in case. Yeah, that is exact. You said it spot on. Then are you with me on I'm willing to let him go be something somewhere else and find out about my quarterback before I have to make a decision there? Or do you say keep it together with those two and just deal with it? My worry is this is one aspect of the Cowboys that is similar to what we talked about with Mark Cuban. I I honestly, I do not believe that Mark Cuban is disingenuous when he says, we have three of the most underrated players in the league. I think he really thinks that. And that... Which is sad. Yes. And that's the same thing with the Cowboys because you hear it from so many different places. Oh, Kellen Moore has had the number one offense. Dak has had the number one offense. And I just wish we would dive a little bit further into those numbers and be like, okay, 
But did you analyze all of the points? Or are you saying number one yeah. offense because we score the most points, completely taking out the defensive points that have been scored the last two years and then taking out all the defensive turnovers for us? Because you were the first team in 50 years to lead the league in turnovers in back-to-back years. I do not think that gets appropriately factored into the Cowboys' offensive production. I love what you're saying because nobody watching professional football this year thought the Cowboys had the best offense in the NFL. There's no way you watch that team and go, that's the team that's most dangerous offensively in the NFL. But the numbers might. Right. And you know what else with the numbers? And Jeff Van Gundy did this three years ago. When Remember the Mavericks were the best offense in the history yeah. of basketball. And Van Gundy's doing, I think, one of the Clippers playoff games. And he goes, hey, I know it says this. And I get, hey, the numbers are the numbers. Does anybody think we're watching one of the best offensive teams we've ever seen in basketball? Or even, do we even think this is the best offensive team in 2020 in the NBA? And Mark Jackson was there. And the answer from any human being who watched the Mavericks play is, no, they're not the best offense of all time. They're not even the best offense in the NBA right now. But efficiency numbers and certain things will say so. And so this is where sometimes we look at, well, look what they did. But nobody really watching the game can tell you, Man, you know what? I've watched the Bengals play, and I've watched the Chiefs play, and I've watched at times Philadelphia play, and go, that Cowboys team, nobody can, they're they're the best offense I've seen. Nobody thinks that. It's just, there's a number that says they are, but they're not. They're a good offense. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's not an average offense or a bad offense. It's good. But nobody watched the Cowboys this year, unless you're like related to the players that said, that's the best <laughs> offense yeah. in the NFL. <laughs> Somebody asked the question, I'm double-checking on it right now, well, what if you, because everyone, when they talk about dead cap, what if you traded him as opposed to just released him? I still think, I need to double-check my numbers, I still think that number is $59 million as opposed to the 89, clearly they would never cut him, but like if you traded him, I think your cap hit is still $59 million, so I do not believe that is a viable option. I do think, as fun as that is, and I get we're Sports Talk Radio, we make speculation, sure. we, we read sure, rumors sure, sure. and stuff, there's a 0% chance that Dak isn't the quarterback. That's what I think. He's 100% the quarterback next year. You can, as a fan, you can say, I don't want him. You can say, what is his trade value, this and that. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and Will McClay and Mike McCarthy are not even going to even think about changing the quarterback. Like, he's the quarterback. Now you have to figure out, can we make him and the team better than what we just had? Then the only way would be, and this is something Corey alluded to earlier, is in one year, if you wanted to take the dead cap hit of about $40 million and split that up over two years, 20 per, but you would have to have your rookie quarterback ready to replace him and think he's good enough and you could theoretically save money. That's a lot of freaking ifs. What I think is the far more likely scenario is that they figure out some kind of extension so they can smooth out some of that money. But Corey is right, is that could happen, but you need to draft a quarterback now and start figuring that out for next season. And even then, it's a gamble. So what's interesting is I think all of us hit the offensive side. At least there needs to be some restructuring there. Yep. Not a single person said what what's and a lot of people aren't even saying it on the on the fan text. I don't know about the Twitch, Mike. I'm, I haven't looked yet. Nobody's talking about the defense needing a overhaul, but it's the you one thing that's most likely back. about to happen. And like, that's the most yeah. likely thing is that that the defensive coordinator might go take a head coaching job, 
you can't just i don't know like is joe witt ready to just just plug him in and everything's gonna run the same or is he gonna have his own concepts and ideas that he wants to implement that may or may not work does he have the same vision for some of these players that they can do some of these things and i mean go look at what dan quinn did when he went out and 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 was looking at micah parsons in person you know, are you going to get that same, these guys going, this is the one, this is going to be a game changer for you in the future. You're right about that. I guess I just keep thinking about from the concept of what we have now, but you're a hundred percent right. Dan Quinn leaves, you will make some changes, but I keep thinking about like, what are the metrics of how you judge a good defense? This defense gave up the fifth least amount of points in the league. Their EPA was third, their DVOA was sixth. So Take whatever the hell number you want. Like, this is a pretty clear picture. Third, fifth, and sixth. You have a top-notch defense. But you're right. That could all be thrown into question or reevaluation if you get somebody new. My opinion here, but I think I'm in the majority if you actually watch football with eyes, is when you watch San Francisco, you go, that might be the best defense I've seen. Whatever week, I know there are certain weeks. When they played the Raiders, they weren't good. But a lot of times when you watch that defense play – you're like, damn, that might be the best defense in the NFL. But I will say this, at times this year, watching the Dallas defense, like, damn, they might be as good as San Francisco. Yes. Right? Now, there were times that Philadelphia was that good, too. At times, yes, Dallas at times gave up a lot of points in a game. Yeah. At times, Philadelphia gave up a lot of points in a game versus the Cowboys when the Cowboys scored 41. But I do think the defense is ahead of the offense. If I'm ranking them – I don't really care how many points the Cowboys scored against the slow-mo Glitzsteins because Dak can do the crap out of that, man. He is the best quarterback I've seen in the history of football at putting up stats against crap teams. Is I know that that defense can be good and slow down good offenses, but at times I'm worried that Dak can't overcome when defenses throw him somewhat – a wrench in what they want to do and the adjustment doesn't seem to happen for years yeah. not for just hey well look what he did Washington versus Tampa and yes that's a good example of him overcoming something but I just feel like Dak is limited and can we get people in here to take his limitations and I'll look let's be honest here the Cowboys know he's limited too I know that they love him to death and they'll say all the things publicly in the world the Cowboys, right, Corey, they have an idea that Dak yes. is not Patrick Mahomes. They he's not know. Josh Allen. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Justin Herbert. He's not Trevor Lawrence. They know he's not. But have they solved the problem of where are his limitations, where are his weaknesses, and how do we limit those things? That's where it seems like over these last two years they have struggled to help Dak out. Facts. That is a fact right there. Yeah, and I, I'm just I'm responding to this person <laughs> Right here and right now, because I want to try this just one more time so this message is crystal clear to anybody that is listening. If somebody goes, well, you would only have $8 million of dead cap if you traded Dak. Well, that's only if you factor in the full market value of what he would have cost. His hit on the cap, if you traded him, would be like 58 or $59 million. That's what it is. So if you're like... Well, but if you take the whole 49, okay, great. Are you telling me Dak Prescott is worth negative $8 million? That's insane. Like, he's worth 
something. What do you I, know about budgeting, though? I know a lot about budgeting. I will tell you that. Other he writes things, his own stuff in yeah. a checkbook still. So trading Dak would cost you 58 or $59 million in cap hit. So that that's a non-starter. You at the grocery store. Remember the old ladies in front of you 20 years oh, ago checks. that would still write the check and then they have to balance the checkbook uh, at the cash, like after they've got their groceries, and you're like, I just want to use my debit card and get out of here. Dude, Kevin, do you already know what your taxes are going to look like for this year? I'm very excited and optimistic <laughs> about how this year is going to treat us. Think about it. We had a baby. Like That's an extra tax break. We spent the money on the baby. Now it's time for the return on the other side. We're the KNC Masterpiece. I am actually excited about this year's taxes. Coming up. Who says that? Who says that? Never. <laughs> That's the outside of the love and everything. That's the best part about the baby is all right. Right now. Love you, Noah. It's time there for are some people, Mike likes it. There are people that uh, asked to get induced on the 31st of December. And I told we went over that when Avery was born on January 1st. That was the first thing. I think I was like, hopefully, congratulations. But <laughs> it, the second thing was, ooh. You guys kind of missed out on that tax break, huh? And I had no clue what yeah. you're talking about. And then yeah. guess what? Carter comes around. C-section. Smart. Smart. Let's get this one out now. Man, C-sections are disgusting. Yeah, let me tell you. Dude, quick, this little head popped out of my wife's stomach, and I was like, what's happening? Here's a quick story about that. It looks like it's from Total Recall. This is a hypothetical situation. The doctors tell you, don't look. I looked anyway. But then, if your baby comes out and goes into the incubator and they're like, oh, dad or whoever, do you want to come see your baby? You're so excited that your baby is breathing, you forget Mm -hmm. about what they told you. And you turn around and there was something that looked like a brain on the table. I don't know what it was. I panicked. I panicked. I had to look down (sighs) and then somebody, one of the doctors said, are you okay? And I was like, I'm good. And they said, we had somebody already pass out earlier today. That was me. Yes. (laughs) I don't look because they just took all the stuff out. It's like a stuffed animal. And they're Mm -hmm. like, we'll just push it back in. I'm sure it's more complex than that. It's like when you clean your refrigerator out and then you're like, oh, let's put these olives back in there. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not a doctor because I would push it in the wrong spots because- when I'm having to do the pantry, <laughs> you guys saw my pantry or the or the refrigerator. Yeah. I'm just getting it back in there. How are the moths? G- pretty much gone. Yes, pretty much gone. Nice. I forget that guy's name. Punch Fisty or whatever. Uh, what was that guy's name? What? what was oh that? yeah, punch, hard 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 punch or something like yeah. That. But it He's definitely awesome. wasn't Punch Fisty, but it was actually <laughs> something like that. Yeah, he helped me out. Thank you very hard much. Hard punches. Yeah. All right, so here's the question for Mike Likes It. What do you do now if you're kind of that hardcore Cowboys fan, somewhat, let's say, also hardcore NFL fan, do you now go to basketball or hockey? Do you kind of go, no, I just wait till spring training starts? Do you go, I'm done with sports until the draft or until free agency happens in March? Like, I was just wondering if you guys could kind of text in. Here's the other thing, too, is, is another question to our texters. And, and please, it doesn't solid mean we're, punches. we're not solid punches. It doesn't mean that we're going to do this. But if you could say, hey, you know, kind of that cowboy season is over and we're still going to talk cowboys, obviously. But what do you guys like us talking more about once the cowboy season is over? It doesn't mean we're going to listen to you, but we will. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> see it. That's a hell of a sell right there, Mike. So, anyways, that's my question to you guys. What do you guys now concentrate on now that, now that the Cowboys are eliminated again? Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but Kevin loves wrestling. A uh, huge wrestling fan. True. He also loves UFC, so he's got plenty of options. Me, I'm, I will be involved in the Mavericks. Um, I am going to make more of an effort to keep up with what's going on with the stars this year. I've decided that for sure. And they good. I listen. Baseball, stupid last. Football and baseball are my two favorites. Like that's it's always been that way for me. So I'm going to get excited about Ranger season. We're fortunate, Mike, where we get this opportunity to go to spring training and be around that too. So that's something that I really, I can't wait to deliver that kind of content to the Tolos. I hope we deliver fun stuff along with the interviews and everything as we go out to spring training. But I, I am going to be kind of there. I think I do start to pay a lot more attention to the family and the kids because, you know, now Sunday is kind of, it's no longer wait for Cowboy Day. You yeah. know? So it does become, my kids either have to, deal with me uh being around more or love it you know it's those two options there lots of stars getting thrown in here right now kevin i I think stars is a good answer and i do love the stars but like my love is for the stars and not as much like i won't stop down on a random philadelphia flyers game like that is that is probably less likely for me it's the nba because i will stop down and watch Nuggets Jazz or whatever because I want to see how much more college basketball because you're a college basketball fan I'm wondering how much college basketball have you watched up to this point and then do you ramp it up now that it's kind of conference games yeah is usually at the end of December beginning of January is when I get more interested unfortunately by Duke standards this is not a particularly good team and injuries have hurt them all year but I really like college basketball I realize the inferior product it is to the NBA or as opposed to what it was 20 years ago, but I do still really like college basketball a lot. So help me out here. Okay. What is kind of the Tolo saying here on everything? What, do they want it? Do they want us to talk more? What do they want? Do they care? Do they just say, hey, just keep talking cowboys stars or? with a sprinkle of spring training uh, from the four, six, nine looking forward for the Rangers and the draft. Uh, so the NFL, like I do think that you know we do the have the benefit with the fourth overall pick. No, no, that's the in, Cowboys. In like, yeah. We do <laughs> have the benefit NFL, of having yeah. Brian Broadus, draft expert here in the station. Like that's always huge content. Uh, Bobby does a great job too, and the 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 nosebleeder guys who are now part of the G Bag Nation, Zach and Eric, they do great content on that as well. And we'll have some fantastic stuff. I don't know. I told you this earlier. I was going to bring it up in the C Block, Kevin. Avery wants to scout with me this year. Oh my god. He said he'd take on, you know, a quarter of the of the watching and so during my updates on draft, he will also I will have an update from Avery. So that's something that I'm excited about this year that I've never had before. And you said he asked about your list of 5 too the other day? Uh nope, never asked that and he is out, he's back at, back in class after lunch. So he usually listens okay. to All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ask Avery about the list. No, don't ask. Um, (laughs) All right, so for me, obviously, I love the Dallas Mavericks, but I am very frustrated by them. They're two games over 500. So I think if you haven't been following Stars and Mavs, uh, I get it. I'm I'm not a hockey person. Uh, I think hockey's a great sport. I just don't have time for it. So, like, if we, like, talk more hockey, that's going to be up to Kevin and Corey uh, and, and, uh, you know, 
my slim Scotty there, who seems to like hockey a whole he bunch. He loves hockey. So I'm I not going like to be able to really. that might be his dream job is to call hockey games. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to contribute on the hockey talk. Obviously, I love basketball. I uh, was talking to a couple people last night about the trade deadline and about what the Mavericks could do. And they if have- we gave you more of a lead up, Mike, like if we were like, say, like yesterday, we would have been like, all right, for sure, Tuesday, we're going all in on the star segment. So I need you to watch the game. I get bored. <laughs> okay. It. Went to went to overtime. I know. I Lost. try. I, I, I don't say I try that hard, but I try as much <laughs> as I can. Okay. I'm kind of a person that seems to be either all in or all out. And I tell you what, the other day I watched Man City play some crap team. And uh, I only said Hagelin. Uh, Holland? Yes. God almighty. He scored three goals. He was pretty awesome. Erlang. And then they took him out like with still 30 minutes left in the game, and I turned it off. I'm like, well, if they're not going to play Yvonne Drago, then <laughs> I'm out. Because that's kind of what he looks like on the soccer field to okay. everybody else. He is gigantic. Okay, so. with Six the five, I think. With the Mavs, and I only have a minute here, I was kind of asking, I think this is good news for Mavs fans and Luka Doncic fans. This was shared to me, and – I believe it. So I'll tell you, I believe it. It doesn't okay. mean it's it's completely true. It just means what I was told. Because I said, man, I worry about Luka and how bad this season's going, yep. how bad the future looks for the Dallas Mavericks, that two to three years from now, when Luka kind of hits that Anthony Davis, New Orleans Pelican situation, he's going to go, dude, I'm out. Yeah. And he said, you don't have to worry about that. And this is somebody connected in the NBA. And it doesn't mean this is true or not. But he said, first of all, uh, Bill Duffy, who is Luca's agent, yep. and Nico Harrison are super tight. One of the main reasons that kind of Nico was hired was because of his relationship with, with Bill Duffy. Duffy. Because Mark Cuban has a horrible relationship yeah. with Bill Duffy. And so I think it was honestly really smart by Cuban. I'm not a big fan of Mark Cuban right now. But I think it was a really smart idea by Mark Cuban to go, I have a horrible relationship with Bill yeah. Duffy. I trashed him for years after the Steve Nash situation. He didn't really want to send clients here. And when he did, it was like Rondo, who he traded for, and that went as bad as, bad as possible. So it didn't really help out the relationship. So Nico and Bill Duffy are supposedly really tight, good buddies. And so hopefully those two guys can yeah. work together to keep Luca here and then to add to Luca. So – Maybe the Luca leaving isn't as bad as we think because the team isn't good if Nico and Bill Duffy are that tight. And he also said that Luca loves it here. He does love Dallas. Is that good enough for you? Like we talked about readjusting expectations. Is that good enough for you knowing he'll be here but might not ever get optimized? I think it's a disgusting travesty if Mark Cuban can't win two championships with Luka Doncic. That would be a failure amongst the biggest failures in the history of professional sports if Mark Cuban can't figure out how to have a Luka Doncic and can't figure out over, let's say, a 10-year history, this is year five for him, that he can't figure out how to win, I'll just say at least one championship, that would mean Mark Cuban's one of the worst owners in professional basketball history. Now, a couple other things to add, Corey, since you said people's feedback was all over the place. Multiple people said pop culture stuff and they like hearing about our lives hold on this is a sports station yeah how are we going to be able to do pop culture? we have we'll have to go like threaten gavin spittle 
to let to get him to let us no, do pop we don't. culture. We'll have Did you to hear hold, our segment we'll at eleven twenty? Tie him down sugar to his daddies. ball chair. <laughs> Did you hear eleven twenty when Corey said "sugar daddy bungalow"? That was a thing. <laughs> we will that have, happened. We will have to lock him in his office so he doesn't come in here and and micromanage us and tell us that we can't talk about anything but sports. I that's just the way it is. Can Kevin. you imagine ten years from now if Avery's on milf? Hunter Manor thing. And you're like, son. Are we going to have to watch mean this show? has to be on it too. Like, I won't be around, Mike. I'll oh. be dead. So the mom. So sadness over yeah. finding wait, 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 out Avery's Just to make sure I understand, the mom has to be hunted by another person. <laughs> I don't, for the guy to I be don't the know, show? Mike. I don't know. I think we have to watch it and have a weekly recap. I, I think I that's just what Can we to... just commit to one recap first and then see how it goes? Are you can you commit to watching one episode of Milf Manor? How many episodes have there been? I think there are two Text, on our GBR. On okay. again? TLC? TLC, the learning channel. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God. I can't wait to learn. All right. Mom's be teaching. Can't I'm, wait to learn about MILFs. <laughs> that is not. That might be the tagline. I don't know. I will commit to watching one episode of MILF Manor. My wife will be so happy. Coming up next, it's time for the C Block starring Corey Majors. Oh, man. Good luck. Uh, Little Caesars and, oh, Mike, yeah. and, and Micah Parsons. Well, maybe not Micah, but his brother. What? Next.